Very thankful today to be joined by WirePoint's founder and attorney, Mr. Mark Glennon. Mark, thanks for the time. Thanks for having me, Will. Well, we always do sort of the uh, quick re-education on WirePoint's anytime we visit with you or Ted Dabrowski or others with WirePoint's. Uh, give us the elevator speech on uh, who WirePoint's is and uh, what you hope to do. Sure. Thank you for that. There we go. Uh... We're a nonprofit uh, research and commentary organization. Uh, we aggregate uh, news sources from everywhere, all points of view, actually, the, the best articles that we see every day. We have a free newsletter for that. And uh, uh, primarily what we do, though, is our own research and commentary. It's uh, fact-based. We're kind of a number and data geeks and so we we try to make our case with facts and and numbers uh we follow in particular uh, illinois and chicago's financial problems education problems uh, of course the crime situation in chicago and the, the general degradation unfortunately of government in illinois well one of the most recent things that you've been centering on has been legislation that some have said infringes upon uh, free speech in the state of Illinois. On my program in, in particular, we have uh, covered at length the uh, piece of legislation that targeted crisis pregnancy centers. Uh, there are others uh, as well. Why don't we start with that uh, Senate bill? I think it was Senate Bill 1919. I can't recall, not that it necessarily matters, that was recently um I believe a, a stay was put on the implementation of the law by a, a federal judge. Is that right? Uh, that's right. A temporary injunction. Yep. So, and, uh, yeah, un, un, unpack the, the details of what that law uh, claims that it would do and, and the arguments against it. Sure. It attempted to put uh, activities of pro-life activists um, who hand out information near uh, abortion centers, and it, it tried to do that by bringing it in under the Deceptive Trade Practices Act, and it said that if uh, somebody distributes misleading or wrong information uh, in that way, a pro-life activist near one of those abortion centers, um, they, can, they can be fined. It's a crime. Well, um, obviously, pro-lifers have every right to do that as a matter of free speech um and uh, it was one way if the uh, pro-choice people the abortion center were passing out even false information there was no crime asserted there so the the judge this is a federal judge it was um uh, lawsuit was brought immediately on first amendment grounds the right to free speech and the judge was extraordinarily harsh about the law and about Attorney General Kwame's Raul, Kwame Raul's um, attempt to defend it. Um, this, it's, for starters, viewpoint discrimination, which is a, a no-no under First Amendment law. I, I mean, this obviously was where it singled out pro-life messaging. And, uh, you know, in general, there's a principle, actually, you have a right to distribute even things that could be shown to be false. Um, there's a major Supreme Court case on that. And so there's a long list of reasons why even false speech is protected. Often what turns out to be false is um, later later found to be true or there's um, conflicting opinion. It gets misused uh, by an attorney general such as Kwame Raoul would no doubt do. Um, so 
the judge was very harsh. She slapped a restraining order on it. The uh, Kwame Robo has not indicated what he's going to do with it. Um, I wish he'd appeal it because he's going to lose if he tries it. And uh, we'd have a nice uh, appellate court ruling upholding uh, uh, some general First Amendment principles here. So it was a great victory for um, those of us who believe in free speech. And let me just say, this is the cornerstone of democracy. Without free speech, you do not have democracy. Uh, That's why they made it the First Amendment in the Bill of Rights. Yeah, no doubt. Um, You know, the thing that separates our form of government from so many others is the the freedom of speech, the ability to debate. Uh, That is that is rare in the history of human history, and it's why it's so important that it be uh, defended. We're visiting today with Mark Glennon. He is uh, one of the founders of Wirepoints. You can find them online. Is it wirepoints.org, Mark? Yes, .org. Thank you. .org. Um, a term that has moved into the vernacular of the American public over the last 20 years has been the idea of of doxing, and this is uh, the concept of publishing what would typically be thought of as uh, perhaps not public information, a person's home address, a person's cell phone number, uh, so that they can be uh, harassed either at their home or online or via their phone or whatever. And there's a, a, a piece of, uh, of legislation called an anti-doxing law that uh, WirePoint's taking some issue with. Who could be against... Uh, anti-doxing mark anybody who understands free speech actually when you look at this uh, uh this bill um yes that there are of course are uh, malicious forms of of doxing that's why it's a a negative terms term things that shouldn't be done but the bill was horribly overwritten um it, it was opposed even by the aclu which is um not a reliable defender, as you may know, of free, uh, free speech rights, but they did oppose this bill. Um, it basically says that if you publish um, personal information, but personal information is really broadly defined. I'm just the, somebody's name and where they work, um, so, you know, what school they go to or something like that would be considered uh, personal information. And uh, if um, you know, the problem is that if somebody pops off, then there's a lot of nut jobs off there, out there. You know, I write things critical about different legislators or different people all the time. Um, somebody pops off and stalks that person or causes them mental distress. That's in the statute. Well, um, this, this creates a cause of action for me to be sued. Um, now, we at WirePoints don't care. We'd love to defend this on First Amendment grounds, but uh, it obviously chills free speech. The left thinks that it's going to suppress you know, criticisms of itself by passing this law, and uh, it, it probably has worked. I mean, I know of three particular instances where people have called me and asked me and say, they said, you know, I'm afraid to write what I normally write, even though they were not doing anything malicious. They were engaging in, you know, regular uh, types of, of political criticism that should be protected. And uh, so it, it was horribly overwritten. Um, it will be challenged eventually if anybody tries to enforce it. I've talked to some first-rate First Amendment lawyers, and they said, uh, you, you can't 
challenge it now just on a theoretical basis. You probably have to wait for a case to come along. But they were comfortable, too, that uh, the, the law is overridden. Again, we're visiting today with Mark Glennon. Another uh, case that WirePoints is taking some issue with and pointing out here today is on lending discrimination. Um, of course, there are more lenders now than ever, and uh, buyer beware is, of course, very important. I think that um, you know going into your local bank is probably still the most reliable and uh, safe way to uh, get a loan, but... Um, What's your take on this uh, lending discrimination issue, Mark? Yeah, well, this was a uh, a mortgage originator in Chicago, Townstone Financial, and the main way they did their marketing was they had their own little radio show, um, which is kind of like a long infomercial every Saturday, where they talk about housing issues and mortgages and things important to homeowners. And uh, the show had been running for a long time, you know, thousands of hours of airtime. But there were a few comments um, that, that were made along the way, um, such as, you know, criticisms of, of particular neighborhoods, the crime levels in, of particular neighborhoods in Chicago, um, and uh, things like that, which the, uh, the federal government said is um, discriminatory because they were trying to discourage uh, African Americans from applying for mortgages. Um, well, um, you know, I, obviously that kind of speech should be protected as well. And, uh, it was defended on first amendment grounds <clears throat> and, uh, uh, the court ruled in their favor, uh, to, um, threw the case out, but kind of on a diff- different rationale because the government had overstepped its authority in this. Um, but the, the government is appealing. And so the first amendment, free speech issues are up. The reason this one is important, and I wrote about it, is because it highlighted a bunch of great uh, pro bono law firms that do free work for people that have legitimate uh, free speech complaints. And uh, so a lot of them came to the rescue of of Townsend Financial on on this. And um, you know, this is a broad problem. It's it's being uh, it's a broad assault on free speech being waged by the left at the federal and state level. And um, I'm glad people need to know that that there's resources available to help them if they're the victims of this. And so that, that's why I wrote the piece. And um, uh, this really is a broad assault. I mean, just fundamental things about the traditional free speech right that, that used to be championed by the left by the way but you know, jb pritzker for example went on cnn and said well there ought to be a law against anybody saying false things well no i mean a liberal supreme court long ago um said even even things that turn out to be false or protected speech that's just flagrantly unconstitutional he and kwame raul are just trampling on traditional First Amendment law. Um, so we've, we've got, um, you know, that's the phrase I use, is broad assault on free speech. Um, of course, we've had it in universities for a long time. They're, they're horrors of, of suppression of, of freedom of thought, freedom of speech. Um, in law schools, my gosh, the you know, liberal law professors have taken over that are openly hostile to the First Amendment. Uh, you know, we even have a congressman, Sean Caston, here in Illinois, who's trying to strip the Supreme Court of the right to review um, laws that are unconstitutional for you know for free speech and other reasons. 
so we've got a serious threat to a fundamental pillar of democracy going on. It's got to be stopped. And, and uh, people need to be aware of it. They need to refresh their, their understanding of the First Amendment and uh, stick up for their rights um, you know, and know that they have resources available to help them. I heard one uh, someone say recently that the counterculture, as it was once thought of, is no longer the counterculture. It is now it now is the predominant culture. And the point that I'm leading to with that statement is that you can typically tell who is in control of a government by who wants to uh, censor or suppress speech because ultimately uh, that type of action helps to maintain that power or that control. And uh, I think this has been true throughout the course of history. You know, whoever is sort of out of power wants to see more speech and who is in power wants to see less speech. Uh, And that just sort of derives from the human nature of the situation. But that, to me, is largely what's driving this situation in Illinois is you have uh, super majorities of Democrats, which are pretty well locked in by the gerrymandered maps. Um, And so I think the Democrats feel very comfortable in pushing the envelope because, you know, the elections in many of these districts that hold up the majority just aren't very competitive and and really won't be or can't be because of the way the map is drawn. That's a long way around the barn, Mark, but am I touching on anything that sounds right to you? You are spot on, and uh, uh, that that counterculture, um, I would argue, it, it is still a minority it, by population. If you look at all the polls, even in Illinois, Illinois is a moderate state. I, I will do an article eventually on this, but you take down the list of major issues. Illinoisans say they're moderates, they are moderates, but this far left fringe has been able to win elections for a lot of reasons. The elections do not reflect where the pulse of uh, the population is. And so both at the federal and state level, they've done it. uh, The the far left progressives have done it exceptionally well. And um, while there is that ebb and flow, as you say, from who's in power, this is unprecedented. And I think the level um, of express attempts to to deprive people of free speech, um, especially for the left. I mean, they were traditionally the champions of free speech. Um, uh, the, uh, you know, and it was a revolt largely against the McCarthyism in the 50s where Republicans were accusing people of being communists for being what they said and, and uh, uh, liberal Supreme Courts in past decades uh, created the First Amendment law as we have it. Uh, thank God we have it and it's being enforced by current Supreme Court, but um, uh, that's exactly right. We've got a, 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 a far-left subculture that is that is making the rules now, and uh, they got to be stopped. Well, it was interesting, and I am kind of chasing rabbits at this point beyond what the initial topic of the conversation was, but it was interesting to see the last Chicago mayor's election play out because, in my opinion, you saw in stark relief sort of the daily Democrats that, uh, you know, shared more in common with that moderate 
Illinois that you uh, describe versus the progressive left who have uh, come to uh, rule the day here in Illinois, at least for the the time being. And so uh, oftentimes we don't see that sort of contrast because it's just the blue versus the red. But you still see that when you see these internal fights amongst Democrats in Illinois. That's right. And, uh, uh, you know, that, that was an interesting case. I think Brandon Johnson, of course, only he got less than 30 percent of registered voters in Chicago. It was horrible turnout by by moderates and, and conservatives. And um, Paul Vallis, in some ways, was a bad candidate, or at least he got branded as a bad candidate. And Brandon Johnson has a you know, very agreeable way about him. He talks about moderation and getting along with everybody. And people didn't dig into his his real views about things. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the, the best summary of, of, um, of that, uh, I think was David Axelrod, you know, major national democratic political consultant. He said that the Chicago voters liked, uh, Paul Vallis's position on the issues, but they liked Brandon Johnson as a person more. And that's why Brandon Johnson won. So, uh, that's again, an example of, um, how the Democrats have won elections that really don't represent uh, the views of the of the, uh, uh, of the of the general population. Uh, the, the people being elected are much further to the left than the population, even in Chicago. I think. Well, elections have often and have always been driven to some extent by personality, but it seems today that they are nearly driven entirely by personality. Um, and, you know, perhaps the, the stance on issues, as you mentioned, just don't carry the weight. Uh, Mark Glennon is our guest today. He is with uh, WirePoints. We've been discussing a variety of, of issues with him today concerning First Amendment cases and legislation, both past uh, and uh, pending in the courts. Uh, Mark, we appreciate your time very much. Uh, I'll give you the last word. Well, thanks so much for having me, Will. And, uh yeah, be aware of these issues and uh, you know focus on the substance of these things. Uh, you know, at WirePoints, we we like to say that we we focus on on policy, not politics. Um, you know, I wish I wish everybody did that. Dig into the issues. Forget forget the personalities involved, and uh, uh, remind yourself that we've got some fundamental, genuine threats uh, to, to, to democracy going on. And uh, uh, we better wake up to this because, uh, you know, the general population was asleep at the switch for too long. That's how the schools got taken over. Um, and uh, uh, this will be, it'll be too late if we lose the battle on these constitutional rights. Mark, thank you so much for your time. Take care. Thank you, Will. Take care.